So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. Okay. We're super excited. I've been practicing my NPR voice. Uh, we're super excited to have you here with us today. I Fun fact, I've actually never listened to NPR the only time I don't even know what that is it's national public radio okay um but the only time I've actually heard like an NPR voice is when they're making fun of oh, NPR voices on, on Parks and Rec on Parks and Rec yeah okay so that's where that came from yeah. so if you are wondering where you are this is Outpost of Heaven the podcast my name is Andrew and I'm Emily and our little backstory was that we started this episode like eight times and then I said okay whatever is coming next we're keeping so now that, that is your intro people well we so are we're keeping it if you're still here thank you Thank you for staying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, our mission at Outpost of Heaven, the podcast, is to kind of help people uh, talk about th- the kind of <laughs> rubber hitting the road aspect of living the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, because sometimes right. in church or when, when we are reading the scriptures, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ sounds beautiful and pretty and eloquent and it sounds amazing. And then when you go home and you have toddlers screaming and throwing peanut butter on the walls and all those kind of things, uh, it seems a little more difficult. Uh, and so we're here to kind of talk through some of those life challenges that we have um, to try and help each other come a little closer to God and figure out how to apply this wonderful thing that is the gospel of Jesus Christ in our everyday lives. Right. And we would love any feedback that you have. We've been receiving some feedback lately, and we love it. We love to hear from you. Um, So if you haven't left us a review, go ahead and pause this and go do that right now. Or don't pause it. Or don't pause it. And leave us a review while you're listening. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So on today's episode, we want to talk a little bit about following through on spiritual highs. Yeah. You know that feeling that you get after during church or right after church um, when it's a really great message or maybe it's a, a conference that you went to or a camp that you went to or some sort of event yeah, or where re- you're just retreat like or, completely, yeah. yeah, like you feel changed, you feel revived and you feel closer to Christ and then you go home and it's like different and which is basically what we do on the podcast anyways. It's like that's... Andrew just described that whole purpose of the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, but we're talking specifically today about going to specific events or having a specific spiritual, experience, yeah, like, specific spiritual experience, and then following through on the changes that you want to make right. because of that experience. Yeah, and I think this is it's kind of an interesting topic because uh, we kind of obsess about uh, with having or obsess about having these really intense spiritual experiences uh, f- in and of themselves, like like for their own sake, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like we all want something really cool to happen or we want to have those super mm-hmm. meaningful scripture studies. Uh, 
But we know from Scripture that the Lord gives those experiences to those who show that they are going to act on them. Right. And so that acting or that follow through is what we want to focus on. Because Mm -hmm. if you love those really cool, powerful experiences, the best way to ensure that you're continuing to have those experiences in your life is to follow through. Right, yeah. So, why do you think it's hard to follow through? Well, I think that, honestly, one of the things for me is that I forget. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, I can be having a great spiritual experience, I can write it down in my journal, or I can highlight the scripture verses, but it's almost like when I'm taken out of the experience, life goes on, mm-hmm. and... I forget what that felt like, or I forget to act on the things that I had wanted to do. Um, That's really like during the experience. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about how, uh, interestingly enough, during a lot of these really intense spiritual learning experiences, they happen to be, they happen to take place um, during like really cool conferences or spiritual retreats or those kind of things, and. There's usually not a single message that is being taught at, at a conference or during a retreat. There might be a theme, mm-hmm. but there are lots of messages. Right. And so you're in the, the moment of that conference or the, that, that retreat or whatever it is, and, and there's just so much good things being thrown at your face. Right. So, so there's like so much about yourself you could change or kind of bombarded with all mm-hmm. these new ideas. And so you're... Sitting there and you're like, oh man, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. And that's a good idea. And that's a good idea. And mm-hmm. that's a good idea. And that's a good idea. Yep. And you leave. And even for maybe the next week or maybe just a couple of days, you're like, oh, I'm going to do all of these things. And I have these super, uh, super aggressive list of goals of like all the things I'm going to do uh, to apply all of these lessons. And I think th- I usually, if I make a mistake with this kind of stuff, it's I bite. Um, bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. And I set these like huge lists of goals for myself. Right. And then it ends up being too much. And I, I end up forgetting because there are so many little like goals and sub goals I've set. Uh, and I think for me, that's a big, a big problem. Mm-hmm. You have any others that come to mind? Um, no, not really. Mine's mm. just like forgetting. And then I also fall into that, like being bombarded by all of the things I could change. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just picking one, I kind of just like forget about them all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, I guess another follow-up question for you then. Okay. So I was thinking about how sometimes I feel like I have a ton of motivation in the moment and my motivation is fi- is fueled by that spiritual high. Mm-hmm. But that spiritual high doesn't stay because we go home and we have screaming kids or we have to change lots of poopy diapers or we have to, you know, go to You're work like and slog. You're like back into the same life that right. you had before the spiritual experience. Right. And so what do you do to try and keep some of the motivation that you've gained during that spiritual high when you have to be thrown back into the grind of everyday life? Um, well, I am a big like visual learner. And so 
even if I write the things, so let's say that I'm in the spiritual experience, I'm watching conference, I'm in my personal study or something, and let's say that I write down in my journal the thing that I want to change or the, the things that, um, that speak to me, that doesn't really, like, it maybe helps my mind, rem- like, keep it all kind of fresh, but it doesn't, like, like stamp it in my brain or in my heart, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like if once I can, this is all, like, so <laughs> choppy, so I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I feel like if I can see it several times, then that is going to help me to act. Mm-hmm. Not just writing it down in my journal the one time when I was in the experience, but then going back to it, writing, like rewriting those things in my planner, making, not just setting the goals in my journal, but moving those goals into the planner. When am I going to accomplish this thing? Mm-hmm. When am I going to be acting on these promptings that I received? Um, yeah. So I, I think that, that I really like, like that. Scheduling like scheduling out the actions. Yeah. Well, something you said kind of made me think of a potential answer to my first question where like there are so many different things and I'm trying to figure out what thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be very useful for me to go back and look through my notes and find the things that come up repeatedly mm-hmm. and then focus on those things first. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because like there, yeah. there are lots of good things because the, the, I mean, you hear about somebody who's doing this wonderful thing to serve their neighbor, and you're like, oh, I can do that. And then you hear about this other person who's doing this great thing, uh, doing making whatchamajigs for people <laughs> who are in need of whatchamajigs. And, and you're like, oh, wow, I could do that too. Like I should do that. And so you're filled with these good thoughts and you know that all good things come from the Lord. And so you're like, oh, well, th- this must be a prompting for me to go out and do it. But I, I think looking at, uh, looking at these kind of spiritual high moments uh, in totality and holistically and saying, okay, what the patterns? Yeah, what is the pattern that the Lord is, is showing me? Mm-hmm. Not just what good thoughts are coming to my mind, but what good thoughts are coming to my mind repeatedly. This I can't believe I've never thought of this before. Like this, this like, is this is mind blowing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go back and this is so obvious. I feel like an idiot that I didn't think of this before. <laughs> but I feel like every time I have like a an epiphany, like a spiritual epiphany like this, I'm like, why haven't I thought about this before? Yeah. And Heavenly Father is like, yeah, I don't know. Why haven't you thought about this before? <laughs> um, but that is interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to do that. So, yeah. but well, that is, I have like... Go ahead. Sorry. You're good. Okay. So, um, we're about two weeks, almost two weeks removed from General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, so that was... Almost two weeks ago. Yeah, do you want to explain what General Conference is Why real quick? Why don't you go ahead real quick. So General Conference is a big multi-day conference that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints puts on uh, twice a year, every six months. And it's broadcast. Yeah, it's broadcast. Um, so there's a... Usually there is a central location where the meetings are held, and there's a big auditorium and conference center in Salt Lake City. But... Uh, because of COVID and all of its wonderful effects, it was just broadcasted, and there was no one. There's no I live audience. I mean, it's audience. always broadcasted, so we can always watch yeah, it. Yeah. But this time, it was only broadcast. Yeah, so it's broadcasted to all oh, all members of the church, and I guess non-members of the church who anyone who wanted to watch it, you can go watch it. Um, and we don't have church that Sunday, 
and we all watch it's like 10 hours of meetings and it's amazing it's freaking amazing it's so good it's so good it's one like i said it's a spiritual spiritual high by the end of it you're exhausted even though you've been sitting in front of a tv for 10 hours or right. two days spiritually exhausted and there's always so many great takeaways and we, i mean we've talked about general conference before on the podcast um so this probably if you're a long-time listener this probably sounds very familiar mm-hmm. um or you've watched it yourself so and if you have congrats and if you haven't you should yeah. so anyways so we're about almost two weeks since it's happened um, and kind of going back to what you were saying about finding general themes, um, that's kind of how I feel like I did it this time mm-hmm. is I had like two themes that really stuck out to me. And one of them is what I wanted to share today later, but, cool. um, yeah, but I really like that that was something that you brought up to yeah, kind of I mean, like, instead of in, think of every individual point and try to remember every little point, just trying to focus on the main themes right because um, and because when heavenly father's trying to get us to do things maybe he's not he doesn't care so much about the specifics right i mean there are some cases where he will care about the specific action or the specific goal and maybe he's like just pushing us in general directions and so he's going to throw a bunch of things at us until something sticks right <laughs> um and i really like this idea and i I mean, I think we all do this to some degree where we just feel pulled yeah. in a certain direction and like things keep coming up or we, we, um, something keeps coming up in conversation with people, uh, or we keep seeing signs or we keep having things pop up in our, uh, you know, just like kind of really stand out to us as we're going through life. Uh, but I think I'm going to be more intentional about examining my, notes from these kind of spiritual experiences over time to see what the the kind of general themes are Mm -hmm. so you know how like when when you look something up online Mm -hmm. and then suddenly like that thing is in your instagram feed and it's on your facebook and it's in like every google thing you ever google it's like there forever now Mm -hmm. like all of your viking clothes (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) sorry (laughs) don't blush it's okay (laughs) um yeah i feel like that's kind of how kind of like what we're talking about how the Mm -hmm. spirit's working it's like when we notice one thing it kind of starts popping up in various aspects or various circles in our life Mm -hmm. i think that's i mean that's kind of how i saw that yeah and it's interesting like the chicken or the egg kind of situation like is it are we noticing it more because we have recognized it oh and we are thinking about it or or is it always there yeah that's what i'm saying was it always there and so we're noticing it more yeah yeah. okay or is the lord putting it in our path and i think the answer is probably a little bit of both both i would say um because like for general conference emily watched general conference and i watched general conference together uh in the exact same situation with the exact same kids screaming or not screaming actually kids are they did really really well well, so they, they weren't too bad but um and we came away from conference with different things we wanted to work on. Mm-hmm. Like there, we could both tell like, oh yeah, these are themes of we the could, speakers. Yeah, we could all see the themes of what they said. Right. But, but the themes of what we felt called to do based off of the conference was were different. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and so I think the answer to my previous question is both. That the, the all of those gospel principles are always present in mm-hmm. our lives. 
uh, but the Lord pulls us in directions as needed. Yeah. So that's why you and I can hear the same talk or the same conference and be pulled in different directions. Um, and see different themes for ourselves. Right. And so when I'm talking about themes, I'm not saying, oh, look at, look at what people are saying over and over again. I'm saying, like, listen to what the Spirit is pointing out to you and prompting you to do. As a theme for your phase of life. Right. Because right I think there's a, a huge difference between seeing themes of speakers and and seeing themes among the promptings from the Holy Spirit. That makes a ton of sense. Well, to me it does. Yeah, I hope hope it makes sense to everybody else. All right, so we've been talking about kind of recognizing themes, like our own personal themes, Mm -hmm. uh, like our spiritual Google algorithm themes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So from General Conference, from this past General Conference in October, uh, what was the big theme that you felt in your life or that you felt pulled Mm -hmm. towards? Right. So for me, I felt like the personal theme, what Heavenly Father wanted to teach me. Hold on, let me reword that. Okay, the theme of the spiritual promptings that the Lord gave you. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. I I worded that poorly, so I wanted to correct that wording. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so I feel like Heavenly Father was trying to teach me that I really need to work on seeing other people and learning to see them and make sure that they feel seen and heard and known and loved. Um, I feel like this has been a theme for me since before general conference, but I feel like it was reiterated and it was like a, for sure, Emily, you have to be doing this Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was definitely my main motivation too. It was like, Another kick in the pants. It's kind of one of my strengths to be able to say to myself, at least, like, this person's a child of God. Like, I love them. But it's different to make sure that they know that you love them. That mm. they know that you see them. That they know that you yeah, it's know like, them. like the next level. Or it's the ne- like the next, next level, level and that's principle. what I'm not good at. And so I feel like, for me, the main theme was that I need to make sure that people feel seen and heard and loved and known by me and by God. So one of the... Have you seen... You've seen Megamind, right? Yeah. So when you said that, I was like <laughs> imagining, oh, what's the Metropolis man? I don't know. The superhero. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't remember his name. He's like... I only saw it once. like, I love you, random citizen. Oh. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, so... Um, one of the quotes that I really liked was from Michelle D. Craig, and she spoke on this topic, too. Um, and this theme, it really was kind of throughout the whole conference, but she spoke specifically about this whole topic, and she says, quote, Columnist David Brooks said, Many of our society's great problems flow from people not feeling seen, known, seen and known. There is a core trait that we all have to get better at, and that is the trait of seeing each other deeply and being deeply seen. Jesus Christ... End quote. Yes, but this is a continued... Yeah, well, that was the end quote of, oh, oh, oh. of, David, <laughs> of Brooks. David Brooks. So yeah. continued quote from... What's your name? Thank you for clarifying. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ sees people deeply. He sees individuals, their needs, and who they can become. 
Where others saw fishermen, sinners, or publicans, Jesus saw disciples. Where others saw a man possessed by devils, Jesus looked past the outward distress, acknowledged the man, and healed him. Even in our busy lives, we can follow the example of Jesus and see individuals, their needs, their faith, their struggle, and who they can become. And then later she says, With all of my heart, I do not want to be like the priest or the Levite on the road to Jericho, one who looks and passes by, but too often I think that I am. And I think, Ugh. I know, that like really Ugh. kicks you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. It's like a sucker punch to the gizzard. I know. yeah. That's what I felt too. But we can read those kinds of things. I mean, like the last thing that it hurts to hear. And we can say like, oh, that sucks. Or like, I'm bad at that. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to be like, okay, yep, you're right. And keep yeah. like moving past and that through. and following through with it. So, that's so how are you really following through? Well, one thing that I'm working on is reaching out to others um, through texting, through Marco Polo, through various other forms. But one specific thing that I'm doing, and I will link this part in the show notes, but um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a program for young women. And I'm, I mean, young women, it's specifically a program for like 11 to 18 year olds. Um, but I'm one of the leaders in it for our area and, um, the general, like church-wide, worldwide, we're doing a program on November 15th and to prepare for that, the leaders of the church have asked the young women to commit to do 150 things and it's very vague. It's a lesson in commitment and, um like working on a goal. And so it could be anything from like 150 push-ups to 150 cookies made and delivered to people or 150, I don't know what else, can't think off the top of my head. But what I'm doing is 150 notes to people. And um, I made a list of the people that I wanted to write notes to. And it was, I was like, okay, I can't think of any other people that I know. And I counted it. It was like less than 40. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to have to think a little harder. Can you write multiple notes to the same person? I was, my personal goal was 150 notes to 150 different mm, okay. people. But that's a lot. So I'm that's not awesome. sure how it's going to go. I've only written like eight now, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Got to get moving. Yeah, I got to get moving. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of one... I knew about the the program before General Conference, but then that was kind of another, like, oh, hey, this fits perfectly with what I had already planned. That's this awesome. is exactly what I needed to do. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. So yeah. you have a specific concrete application. cards or notes to people, 150 different yeah. people. Well, I love that because it's a, you had a prompting that was kind of a general, big principle kind of prompting, like, be more like Jesus in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we get those kind of promptings or we feel pulled to do that, sometimes it's hard because we feel like, oh, how am I going to really measure this? Or like, there's so many things that, that this could mean. Or how do like, it's, it's super difficult to kind of find the motivation to change in that way. Because it's like, like if you had the challenge, be nicer. Like, well, that's <laughs> kind of a big thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so instead of being caught up in, uh, in like your the analytic trap where you just are trying to analyze and figure out the best way to do this, you picked a specific 
concrete way or concrete action that would be fulfilling this goal or that would be moving you towards this ideal and you're doing it. I think it's awesome. Right. And I just want to kind of speak to this maybe argument about this because I feel like some people might say, well, then it's not really that genuine because you're doing it as a goal or you're doing it because you're trying to meet 150 or something. Um, but I don't think that's the case at all. Honestly, I think that, um, that in writing those notes to people, I'm going to feel more love towards them and I'm going to see them and they are going to be seen and loved receiving that. And it's going to be helping me to create a habit in doing things like that for other people, mm-hmm. which is what I want. I don't want to just do this 150 notes and then never work on this again, you know? Right. Not that I need to be doing notes to people all the, all the time after this, but just to get into a habit of reaching out right well as you focus on developing this in a very concentrated manner you're going to get better at it and better at its application in Mm -hmm. other areas it's like just like working out so if you're bench pressing every day or you're forcing yourself to to have a very focused bench press uh and you're targeting the different muscle groups and all those kind of things uh you might say oh well that's not like real world you can't really apply that to the real world because that's like so not focused, but it's so like controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact is, if you're doing that all the time, you're, those muscle groups are going to be stronger. And then in real world applications, you're going to be stronger as well. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So what has been the main theme for you? Well, I think there were a couple kind of main themes, but the overarching theme for me was increasing our devotion to our covenants i guess with mm-hmm. the lord okay um and so being more covenant f- focused i guess as as a people right. and as as followers of christ uh, and one way that one, one thing that really stood out to me was something that was shared by President Russell M. Nelson, who is the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, in his talk, Embrace the Future with Faith, he says, or he said, I guess he said it, right? So he said, (laughs) for example, each time we have the faith to be obedient to God's laws, even when popular opinions belittle us, or each time we resist entertainment or ideologies that celebrate covenant breaking, we are exercising our faith, which in turn increases our faith. So I thought that was a really cool explanation of faith. Again, it's part of this overarching theme of covenant keeping uh, and being covenant focused. But I thought it was a really cool image. Uh, because when I think about faith, I'm like, oh, I need to exercise my faith and strengthen my faith. I guess I really didn't have a clear image of what that meant to increase my faith. I thought it meant to just kind of like believe harder. That Yeah, I totally right? understand. Where you're just like, oh, I believe. It's kind of like you're like, you're straining or you're like kind of. like belief muscles. <laughs> you're yeah. Like- believe yeah i believe so hard (laughs) and again it's one of those things where you it's one of those spiritual epiphanies you have where immediately after you're like duh like why didn't i see that Mm -hmm. and again god's like duh why didn't you see that andrew and um but it's just so cool that when we 
make righteous choices, that is acting on faith. When we decide to make choices that honor our covenants with God, honor our promises with Him and to Him, then we are act. We are using our faith, and as we use our faith, our faith strengthens. Mm-hmm. And again, so obvious. But I love now the, that I see I love it. the way he said it, though. Yeah, it, it makes be- it so much more applicable. Right. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Like I can. I'm definitely, you know, building my faith because I'm actively trying to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like that made this idea of increasing my faith so much more plausible and it kind of put my the it put a or gave me a proper perspective for my or about my covenants and again if you haven't heard the word covenants uh we use it a lot in in our church but a covenant is kind of like a a contract between you and god right so you god promises hey if you do these things if you accept Christ as as your savior. If you strive to live worthily, if you th- if you strive to o- obey the commandments, then um, I promise you these things. And then baptism and marriage and yes, those so are those are those are specific, ordinances yeah. uh, and with when, covenants with covenants yeah. attached to them. Uh, right. So I mean, I just want to kind of repeat what he said. Just this little part. Kay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. If people are like. Wait, what exactly did he say? Right. So he said, um, each time, this is just a piece of it, each time we resist entertainment or ideologies that celebrate covenant breaking, we are exercising our faith, which in turn increases our faith. Yeah. So, like, and I don't think this means we have to never watch, uh, that we can't watch anything that ever suggests or supports things that we disagree with. Uh, but I, I think it does mean that when we are exposed to those things in entertainment or in ideologies, we kind of force ourselves to say, that's wrong. Like, I disagree with that. Like, that is against the teachings of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I am wrong, and maybe we are supposed to just, like, disconnect from all of those things that are antithetical to the like, gospel of like Christ. every single movie that's not an animated movie... Even then, animated movies yeah, are still, yeah. Um, yeah. They're just, I mean, there's something in there that's, quote-unquote, maybe right. celebrating covenant breaking, which right. is unfortunate. Well, um, I think that's why he says uh, every time or each time we resist entertainment or ideologies that celebrate covenant breaking, we are exercising our faith. So as we see things or as we're exposed to things and we say, that's not right, like, that is against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, that is teaching something that is contrary to the culture of Christ. Mm-hmm. As we do those things, that is is acting on faith. When we, when we are uh, consuming the entertainment or we are entertaining these ideologies in our lives that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we begin to say, like, this doesn't seem to jive super well with the culture of Christ, or we, we feel that in our souls, but we're like, oh, but I like it, so I'm just going to keep going. Then we realize, then that's a problem, and mm-hmm. then you are putting your faith to the side. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was a really cool, very simple way you can honor your covenants with God. Uh, and it gave me a lot of hope because I was like, okay, this is something I can do. Like, I didn't feel like I could strain any harder as uh, in <laughs> like in 
you know, believing Belief harder muscles. and like faithing harder. Yeah. But I can do this. Right? And that I can't, will increase your faith. And that will increase my faith. And I thought that was really cool. And so I'm working on doing that. I'm being more intentional about, I mean, I guess I've, I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm being a little more intentional about it and recognizing that, oh, this is also, this is increasing my faith. When I am consuming media, I, I'm cri- like a little more critical of it and looking at it through this lens. Like, am I making sure that this is not influencing me in a way that makes it more difficult for me to honor my covenants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I love both of our takeaways. Sweet. I love both of our themes, and I'm glad that we each were able to find personal themes. Yeah. And I know that our listeners can, too. Yeah. One thing, one little last piece of advice, I think, is uh, we, as a couple, do this. We're a couple weeks after conference or after a spiritual high uh, or spiritual, super spiritual experience. We will sit down, and we will make specific concrete goals that we write down and that we share with each other to help keep each other accountable. And then we work on those goals at least for several months, usually, unless we need to change them. But mm-hmm. usually we keep them, keep them for about three months. So yeah, we have these like planning quarterly. sessions about quarterly. Uh, and so you don't have to do it that way. But I would encourage you to find somebody that you trust and you love and that you ha- believe has your best interest at heart and share with them your spiritual goals from your spiritual experiences. Uh, and keep each other accountable because it's so much easier and more fun when you do it that way. Mm-hmm. And you and you just come closer to each other. Yeah. We really love our planning sessions and we should... Have we done an episode on planning? No. We should do one on planning. On our planning sessions? Yes. Okay. We okay. will do that. Okay. It's on... We will plan to we talk plan about planning. We will plan to talk about planning. We'll put it in our plans. <laughs> in our planner. <laughs> okay. Planner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, honey. Uh, yes. Love and less love. I have a love. Oh, my freaking goodness. Walmart grocery pickup. <laughs> <laughs> this thing has been around since way before COVID, and I just got on board, and I love it. I think it's just that I don't think I ever really saw the need for it because I loved taking my kids to the grocery store because they were good at the grocery store. And it was like I had my own little pals there and they loved being there and I loved being there with them. And then we had a third kid. And it got really hard. The first time, I've only taken them to the grocery store, all three of them once. and By yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the worst. Ruth threw a tantrum. Hiram, so Hiram was walking. He was fine. Ruth was sitting in the the little seat thing and, and homegirl really ooh. wants her way yeah all so she the time. threw a tantrum i uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. can't keep my kids name straight ammon was sitting in the car seat in the cart so that left like zero room for any groceries and then he starts crying and ruth is having a tantrum so ammon's screaming and so i pick up ammon out of his car seat i'm carrying him with one hand trying to push the cart with the other and then he has a blowout in my arms <laughs> So let me go to the bathroom. And then it, everyone's just screaming. And Hiram's like, I have to go potty. And then I'm trying to let him do it all by himself in the stalls. And it's just yucky in there. Did they not have like a family bathroom? Someone was in there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then we, I like check out and we get everybody into the car and all the groceries in and I pick up the car seat and there's a can under the car seat that I didn't check out. So we load the cart back up and everyone back inside and then I check out the can and then we go back home. <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> so Walmart grocery pickup for the win. I'm going to do it every week. All right. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy. Do they load it in your car for you? They do. So you literally I just pull into the spot, and then I say, I I don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. You say your name, and then they check you in, and then I click the button for the automatic van door, and then it opens, and then they put the groceries in. And then you press the button, and and it closes. And then they say, have a great day, ma'am. And I say, thank you, you too. And then that's the end. And then we go back home. (laughs) I am glad that you love this so much. That's so funny. Feel fancy with our Walmart uh, pickup. Walmart pickup. Yeah. Anyways. That's hilarious. Do you have a love or a less than love? Did you order fruit? Yeah. And was the fruit good? Yeah. I guess I had a pear. Or a, yeah, a pear. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah. That That's the main thing I'm worried about with, with that stuff is like ordering. Like, are they going to pick the bad fruit? Yeah. It's like, I don't want you yeah. to pick. And sometimes I feel like they have. They have before. And one time I ordered canned like canned beans and all of the cans were like dented and i felt weird about it i was like should i throw these away i mean like botulism but i don't know did you throw them away i threw away the ones that were badly dented i think we should throw them away if they're dented okay that's like i was like well what if they just dropped them on the way to the car that still will cause botulism Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll throw them away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we are dead when this comes out. You know why. <laughs> we have eaten spoiled beans. <laughs> okay. I just heard that like it's it's fine if it's dented if it's not bulging. No, if it's dented it's bad. Okay. If you dent it there, like if you drop it in the kitchen and it dents, then you can hurt you can open it and eat it then. But when you what happens when you it dents, it can like little tiny micro holes can be formed in the metal and then that will let in air and then that will cause it to spoil and then you there's like nasty stuff in there and then you eat it and you die yeah okay anyways what's your love or less than love (laughs) i less than love okay small talk Mm. i hate small talk yeah, it is my least favorite thing. Not my least I actually thing. like small talk. I like the whole get to know you type questions. I like that stuff. No, I, I would prefer to almost never have small talk. But then you would never get to know anybody. See, but I you can get to know people through other means of communication besides small talk. Like I that's, okay. yeah, so that's true. I have my lesson love. I also share one love because it's kind of the, the opposite of this or the kind of I guess not really the opposite, but it kind of goes with this. I love deep philosophical conversations yeah um and so i i would much rather talk to someone for like 20 seconds about like little small talk things and then dive straight into really deep philosophical discussions but i know most people aren't like that and so i use like small talk primarily as a means to gauge how willing somebody else is to engage in that kind of like deeper discussion that is my sole use for small talk okay and to make people feel good at the grocery store and the gas station yeah i was gonna say in those kind of situations you're really good at it yeah i mean i i so i look at those as like pleasantries 
Not small talk. Not small talk. Okay. That makes sense. I yeah. like that word. Pleasantry. Pleasantry. Kind of makes me think of the word pheasant. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then and then I think of like Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Thanksgiving, pheasants, and pleasantry. Okay. Anyway. Well, that was a wonderful, chaotic episode with us. We hope that you have stayed the entire time and that something has stood out to you. Uh, please act on the spiritual promptings that our Heavenly Father is giving you. If you are trying to live a spiritual life, Heavenly Father is trying to talk to you. Even if you're not trying to live a spiritual life, He's trying to talk to you. Um, but if you're trying, you're going to hear him some way, shape, or form. So just mm-hmm. be be attentive and act on what he is promising you or he's a- asking you to do, because I promise it will be worth it. And he will give you so many blessings and open up so many doors for you uh, because you are acting on that call from from our Heavenly Father. Yeah, there was one more thing that I wanted to share that I don't remember exactly how it was said, but I remember hearing this, and I think you've heard it too, Andrew, but it's like um, if you receive a spiritual prompting and you don't like make a note of it, like write it down in your phone or something, if you don't do it within like five seconds or something or five minutes, what was it? then you probably won't do it at all. Like, mm-hmm. not write it down, but like, okay. So if you don't write it down right away, you're not going to act on it at all. Yeah. Uh, so You're uh, like way less likely to ever act on it. Yeah, that was President Bascom. Yeah. So President Bascom is, is the one of the ecclesiastical leaders in or for our church in this area. So I probably I butchered how he said it. I think he says like if you have to... It's like the five-second rule. Like you have to. Yeah, the five-second rule. You have to act on a spiritual prompting within five seconds, and that might mean just writing it down for you to do it later. But if you don't do something about a prompting in five seconds, you're probably not going to do it. That's totally true. It's very true. So, so anyways, that was my last thought. New five-second rule for you: not just about food that has landed on the ground, but about oh, spiritual yeah. promptings. <laughs> I was like, what? What about food? <laughs> Okay. All right, guys. Bye, guys. We love you. Keep the faith.